Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Secret Invasion. Woo! I'm That's Alex. Secret. I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm the Pete. Skrull, or am I Justin the Human, or am I Justos the Skrullos, or Justin <laughs> the Human? You tell me, dog. I, I don't know. You're Pete. You do know. You, your name is Pete. Uh, we're going to be talking about the kickoff of Secret Invasion on Disney+. Plus. If you haven't watched it already, go check it out because we're going to get into spoilers. We're going to be talking about feelings, about the big things mm. that go down here. <laughs> Particularly, I'm sure there's going to be some big feelings about the event that happens at the end of the episode. So really, if you don't want to know, turn or, away. Or medium feelings. Or medium okay, feelings. go fuck yourself. Well, I, I, when some of us clearly are going to have some big feelings about what's going on there. Uh, first off, though, I have a big question for you guys before we get into it, okay? This is like a big, broad question. I, I think this was established in Captain Marvel. I'm not 100% sure. But the Skrulls live on a planet called Skrullos. Should mm. we be calling our planet Humanos? Is that... Oh. Wow. What do you think? The accent Poyos, that you Las put Poyos on there Humanos. was just... Yeah, like, I don't know what just happened Humanos. Anyway, in this show, we are picking up decades later after the events of Captain Marvel, where we met some nice, funny scrolls who were actually the good guys and being protected by Captain Marvel against the Kree and attack there. We've been told that there was an attack on the scroll home planet. They barely escaped with their lives. Catching up later on here, we find out that scrolls decades later have infiltrated in some form... Levels of the government, people, spy organizations. Animals, maybe. Animals. Cows. In in Captain Marvel, they established that they could turn into a filing cabinet, so maybe they're a filing cabinet as well. Whoa. I think we don't get an accurate picture about how scrolls work. They only, because in the comics, they can take any shape, right? Mm -hmm. And it seems like in the movies, it's just human stuff. Just humans. So. There's uh, the other big thing that you need to know about is Nick Fury pretty much since Endgame has been off Earth building Saber. This is the space station that we saw in the Captain, uh, not Captain Marvel, the Marvel's trailer. So we know Mm. where he's going to end up eventually once he shaves his beard and he's a little less scruffy. But as is, and this is uh, not to immediately get into theories, but I have a big theory about the show. I think... From watching mm. this first episode here, Nick Fury hasn't been the same since the blip. Did you get that impression? Oh, my because God. They said that so many times. So many times. Yeah. By the third time, I was like, I get it. He hasn't been the same since the blip. Uh, Alex, I don't think he's been the same since the blip. <laughs> I'm going to go out yeah. on a limb and say mm-hmm. it. Yeah. He's well, got a bad but, knee. That's one of the things that's happened oh, since man. the blip. It's you hard think to watch him knee, hobble around. You yeah, think when he snapped, ha- snapped out half his knee. <laughs> You think no. when he he dusted up at, during the blip, like his knee didn't come back after? Yeah. It's quite the same. You got some, knee other, some, dust some, other dude, some other dude has three knees. One of them is a Nick Fury knee. Oh, man. Oh. A Nick right. knee. Obviously, I'm being a little glib and mean right up front here. That's not Yes, you are. Knee. That's... that's- Let's that's your normal that's mode, fine. though. That's, 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 that's not, not my normal mode. I don't you know, Alex, I didn't, I didn't want to say this before, but you haven't been the same since the blip. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do what we always do at the beginning here uh, and talk about general impressions. This is the first episode of the show. Um, There's going to be six episodes total, so obviously there's still a lot more to go. But, uh, Justin, you and I had talked a little bit how hyped we were after seeing the first five minutes that they leaked online. So now that you've seen the other 45 minutes, 50 minutes or so, what do you think? What's your general impression of the show so far? Hype remains strong. Uh, in the first five minutes I saw here and then sort of slid downhill a bit. And I'll tell Ooh. you why. Because 
the first five minutes into the paranoia, espionage, like a lot of great stuff there. Super into that. And then the espionage went way down in quality, I felt like. Uh, like the the final move in the square, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Why isn't anyone acting this way? Especially where we left it. And then the complexity of like, well, some scrolls are nice, some scrolls aren't nice. We have to really be careful. Just got insanely complicated when if it was just paranoia from the scrolls, that's what we need. And we need to be in Nick Fury's head. And uh, like you we were just talking you can't about. Be him. You can't be no, but that's I, we want to ride along on him unraveling this mystery. He can't trust anybody. Because if we have theorized, maybe we'll get a reveal that he's not Nick Fury. It's a scroll right. after all. Then that reveal hits so much harder if he's this trusted like narrator we've been following with or this protagonist. Instead, it feels like we're watching Nick Fury from a distance and he gets to have some fun with Olivia Coleman, but otherwise He's just seems lost. And honestly, in the show's telling us is too old. And I'm like, I don't need my hero to be old unless truly we're done with him after this. Oh, don't say that. All right. But I don't uh, think we are. Yeah. So uh, first off, I was very excited about this. I think this is an interesting kind of thing just because I know the comics, but the you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has showed Scrolls as good guys the whole time. So I was really concerned about how this was going to go down. Um, and they made the choice of not all scrolls are the same. Wow, fun. You know, you can't throw a blanket over people and say they're all the same. So great, cool. There's complexities. Everybody's what? different. Yeah, I can understand I that. that. What is that? I don't <laughs> is understand. Is that a local that. aphorism? <laughs> can't throw but a blanket over that? Well, what you does can't that mean? do blanket statements. You can't oh, be like, oh, this okay. people are this. All scrolls are good. All whatever. You mm. know what I mean? So can't, can't throw a blanket over that. Can't give them a nice fluffy can't pillow. Them. Can't sing them a song and put them to bed. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I like exactly. that you take that really literally, Pete. Like you, when you make a blanket statement, you literally throw a blanket over something. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So anyways, um, uh, I was very excited and intrigued. Also, I feel like uh, Samuel L. Jackson is a fantastic actor, so more with him is exciting. Um, I was impressed with the kind of tripped out artistic credits that we got in this. Oh, I'm going to give a hard uh, disagree on the well, credits. Well, hey, you got to talk a bunch. Why don't you let me fucking talk? <laughs> All right. You've been talking for like three to four minutes. Great. Definite scroll energy. Honestly, yeah. why don't we sit? Well, because I feel like rather than each monologue, you know, this is a podcast where mm-hmm. we uh, mm-hmm. each job. We, we, could, we could like talk. We could have like a well, conversation. Well, I was trying to put a positive spin on it and you two negative Nancys just want to rip it to shit. I was trying to say some I, nice things before no, we get no, into no. it. Listen, here's the thing is that I actually am going to agree on the positives with you guys. Uh, I think, Pete, like you're saying, this is a really good cast. Like the yeah. Olivia Coleman, phenomenal and everything. I do think when she's on screen, it just brightens up so much. Her scene with Samuel Def. Jackson is great. They're phenomenal working off of each other. Amelia Clark, not getting a ton to do here, but I like Yet. her in general. So I'm excited to see where she's going to go. Kingsley Benadir, who plays Gravik, is very engaging, I think, as a villain. He's very generic in this first episode, but again, good actor. So I think yep. the possibilities are there. Uh, you had Kobe Smulders, who I like, Duh. and you had Martin Freeman, who I like. But regardless, like you have Talos is funny. Thing. That whole like ben I'm a Mendelsohn. good looking Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, is so yeah. Good. I mean that whole so like good. I'm good looking for a scroll was funny, and then Sarah so, Jackson would be like, "Well, 
<laughs> yeah, all of all of the bones are there, like in terms of the cast. And Justin, like you were saying, I think the setup is there. The first scene with Martin Freeman is uh, I love it. It's a crackerjack so of a seed, as they are want to say. Uh, what that means is like you get it in a box and there's a prize in it. Pete. Mm. It oh, wasn't okay, a box, thanks. box TV mm-hmm. box. But yes. I, like Pete, I feel like we when we talk about shows, it's as if you think the show can somehow hear you. Like the right. show is the fourth person here, and like yep. we're going to offend the show somehow. Yeah, I, when I just that, like, a, we're here to talk about. It. I don't. I'm not a hater. I love what the things that I love, and I just want to talk about the expectations versus payoff because I want these shows to be the best they could possibly be, and the fact that they do have these great actors, great bones. And we get great scenes in this episode. All I'm saying is the show that I thought we were in, we, it unraveled a little bit for me. And that's not to say I hate it. I'm going to keep watching this. till I think that's on purpose because we, we don't know what's happening. And I'm a little concerned when we will start to know mm-hmm. and how deep in that will happen. But I think it is this interesting idea of – if they can turn into anybody, who do you trust? Who is working what side? Because it seems like Talos has his own agenda, knows a lot of different people. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that there's a lot of moving parts. It was, you know, as soon as Maria Hill sat down and was like, yo, Fury, dude, this is sloppy as fuck. I was like, yeah, this even when you got bagged and she was like, yo, what are you doing? That was like the easiest we've ever caught you ever. Uh, I was like, yeah, okay. So there's a lot of red flags that Samuel L. Jackson's not acting like Samuel L. Jackson. So I'm, I'm a little kind of, I think it's all part of it. And I'm kind of uh, holding out judgment on it yet until we get a little bit more. So uh, what I'll, I'll throw out, and I think you're right, Pete, this is also gets into a little bit of my worry with the series, which we'll see how founded it is in six episodes time. But this to me, Wait, it's only six episodes. Oh, I said that several times earlier. Yes. Only six episodes. <laughs> yeah. The Unless that six is in disguise as an eight. Oh, Ooh, my God. What? Upside down. It's a nine. Number scroll. Oh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Number scroll. The. This feels to me like a show that should have come out right at the beginning of the Marvel TV. Um, mm, good call. Like, it's the sort of thing at this Wait, point we have when? had so right around like WandaVision time, around Loki. Were you going to have like all the shows just come out at once? It no, doesn't make listen sense. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm trying. What, You're saying yes, crazy I'm things. I'm not saying schedule wise. You're obviously, as a TV schedule, Pete does all the scheduling for NBC and you're doing a phenomenal job, by the really way. Really good oh, job. Thank you. Thank just you so much. Just the way much. that you've arranged. Too much, too much golf on Sundays. Theory, too much or? golf on Sundays. Yeah. Oh, okay. Too Pairing much Law and Order with Law and Order SVU and Law come and Order on. Criminal Intent. Come on. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss right there. <laughs> Double <laughs> chef's kiss. It writes itself. We synced up in the chef kiss department. Well, but I, I like what you're saying, Alex, actually, because I think if you swap this and Captain America uh, and Falcon, mm-hmm. or sorry, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, you get Captain America. Falcon and a second Falcon. What? <laughs> yeah, Double Falcons. Two <laughs> minute Falcons. If you swap those shows, I think we're in a, a much more you, interesting, more Marvel. You the reason before. Cat, you know, okay, this is not my point. This is not my Marvel, point about where we're scheduling <laughs> Secret Invasion. You what I'm saying wait is, for Captain we've Marvel had so movie many to come shows. out before Secret Invasion. Pete, 
You had your chance to talk. Let me talk now. I get to talk. Okay, so there is... We've had too many shows and movies at this point where people are like, I was really traumatized by the blip. And they're like, you got to get out of this funk for the blip. And they're like, blip, 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 over and over. We've moved past that. The MCU is finally beyond it. We're finally beyond the hangover from... Endgame, and we don't need to sit in that any longer. The thing that I was going to say about what you're saying, Pete, in terms of structurally, this to me feels like exactly like Captain America and the Winter Soldier, where you have this, you're going to have this arc of like, ooh, Nick Fury's really out of it. And then episode six, he'd be like, I'm back, baby. I'm a super spy again. I shaved my beard, got my eye patch. Let's go. And I, I don't, I don't need that. Like, I, they've, there have been enough spy movies and enough spy TV shows where we have old spies off their game and pulled back into the game one more time. And it's never they're not like, well, I'm back to ground zero. I know literally nothing about spying anymore. Do you have one of those little spy kits you get at the back of a comic book with like an X-ray glasses? Maybe I could use Mustache. that. That's about some of my knowledge. Well, and let me say, like, I hope they're the, I see that in the show, but I think there's a deeper understanding that they may have of Nick Fury in relation here that I hope they pursue. The idea that everyone thinks he's off his game, the way that they're like, that's the easiest I've ever captured you. When in fact, he was intentionally captured that way so he could drop the owl eye in, which is what I'm calling that. And the idea here that he's not off his game, he is appearing a certain way like a good spy does so that he can get his lay of the land on the scroll situation because this is a place where he's way off his game. He's the one that controls the secrets. And now he doesn't know these secrets because these secrets are, are better than him. So like the idea that he actually is the master will be a great turn later if they go that way. And I, that's why I want to ride with him. I want to boil with him throughout this whole thing, like a hard nosed detective espionage story. And so part one of his six part master plan is let Maria Hill die. Well, I, I, he, he, I'm not saying this is a master plan for him. I'm saying he is at the, he's off. He's not, he doesn't know what's happening, mm-hmm. but he's playing old or he's playing lost a little bit so he can get his lay of the land. It's like when you drop a spy into a, a hostile country, they need a minute to establish. And it looks like Maria Hill, you know, has some collateral damage to that. Well, that's the thing. I'm hoping it wasn't Maria Hill. Uh, so it, it was, and we know it was because earlier in the episode, when Martin Freeman dies, he turns back into a scroll. Right. Here, mm-hmm. we get it shot pretty much the same way. You see the breath leave her body, and they hang on her human body for a while. And that is the camera 100% telling you, yes, that is Maria Hill. Maria Hill is dead. And or I love that. she's still alive a little bit, and the camera cuts out just before she turns into a scroll. No. So she's dead. They killed her at the end of the episode. Nope. Here's, uh, I, I appreciate it's you like saying. It's the end it. of a comic book when someone dies and then you pick up the next issue. Oh, they're not dead. Mm-hmm. Different. This is right. TV. Uh, they fringed Maria Hill is what I think is going on here. And I, mm. I'm pretty upset about it. Like, I think considering the history of the MCU or the history of their female characters, they did this with Gamora and Black Widow, both in 
Endgame. Um, they've done it with other female characters as well. It feels very regressive to me as a way of like motivating Nick Fury. And just to take a step back there for any of our listeners who don't know what fridging is, though I assume most of you do as comic book fans, if you are comic book fans. But back in the day, Gail Simone, who's a very famous, very well-known comic book writer and internet troll at the current time, uh, she <laughs> was a comic book critic. She wrote a piece about the kickoff of Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern. The title was Green Lantern, but it was a new Green Lantern. And in the first issue of it, Kyle Rayner is like, oh, gee whiz, I kind of like being a Green Lantern, but I don't know, whatever, this seems kind of goofy. And then this villain goes into his house, takes his girlfriend, chops her up and puts her in the refrigerator and she's dead. And that's the thing that he's like, no, I got to fight evil now that motivates him. She argued that that character, the girlfriend's character, her only function, her only characteristic was to die and be chopped up and stuffed in a fridge. So that's where the phrase fridging comes from. Whenever you specifically you kill a female character or, or any love interest, really, in order to motivate the main character. And that's really all they exist for. Obviously, Maria Hill has existed for a lot more things, but to take her and so callously kill her so that Nick Fury has a reason to fight against the Skulls is garbage. Uh, right. I, uh, that's why I don't know if that's what, what happened. So I'm I think hoping, she's definitely dead. I'm hoping uh, next episode, she's going to uh, be a part of this because she's a great character. I, when that, when the episode ended, I was screaming, no, because I, I like her as a character. She's been a, with us for a lot and it would be really shitty if that was, that well, was it. And well, it would also I mean, be shitty because Secret Invasion was like a Maria Hill story, at least the most recent miniseries yeah. that they did. So I anyway. agree with that. Uh, well, and, but I also think for as long as she's been around, she hasn't had a bunch to do in the Marvel Universe. She's sort of mm-hmm. been, whether it's just supporting the male characters, I feel like she's just been pushing the plot along. I think she has been doing that in the, the fridging you're talking about, Alex. But really, she's been someone who's like, saying plot things to keep the story going so to get to the action sequence where the superheroes fight. Uh, And I think that's why I feel like she doesn't have a lot. We don't know a lot about her. She's not a really developed character in any of Mm -hmm. the MCU stuff. But what she is in the comics and she just hasn't been on screen. So that's that to me is more is a reason why the uh, plot was like, well, she can go. I think this gets, yes, 100%. I think this gets into a very meta reading of it, though, where I agree with you. That's, I'm sure, 100% the conversation that went down in the writer's room where they said, okay, who is expendable here? Who can we get rid of? What is the most direct line? But they've been doing this for years. They have people who read comic books and understand comic books and understand media. It's not just that like Deadpool two got slammed for that as well for killing Deadpool's girlfriend. So this is not the first time it's happened with a Marvel production. And it feels like there should have been a conversation there. And if there was a conversation, they decided to do it anyway. That in my mind is bad. Yeah. The only thing I would say why I bet they did it, because I bet they had a similar conversation in the in the writer's room. I'm sh- I would hope someone would have raised this. But I bet they were like, well, what other character can we do this lingering shot on where anyone would think they would be a scroll and it have stakes? Mm-hmm. And Hill's the only one that's been around long enough where if she's a scroll, it calls into question everything. Yeah. And so I feel like that's they wanted that shot. 
and what other character could they? Well, possibly? I was thinking you could flip flop uh, Freeman and 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 her. You know, she that's, turns into a scroll in the first fight mm-hmm. sequence. That's and a great Freeman call. dies. Yeah, you know, what I mean? that's a great call actually because it would have been great to have F- scroll Freeman die reveal regular Freeman and then have him die at the end of the episode so he dies twice. <laughs> that would have been like super different and interesting and would have sort of done all of these things we're talking about in a better way. Well, and particularly now, because we get the introduction of this scrawl brain machine thing about halfway through the episode, which seems like the way where they're not just changing shape, they're also taking people's memories. At least that was my interpretation of it. So my assumption is there's going to be a big reveal when they break into the scroll facility in like episode five or something where Martin Freeman is still alive. And it'll be like, wow, yeah. we're so excited to see you, Everett Ross. Now you can be in Black Panther 3. Meanwhile, Maria Hill is slowly rotting at her grave. Oh, Jesus. Take it <laughs> Jesus, Alex. I mean, but sorry. The, the, the brain-reading thing was something they were doing in Captain Marvel as well, where they were kind of like tapping on her mm. head, trying to get at that the, the secrets and stuff. That good brain. The so, secret brain. Yeah. I, I think that what's interesting is this whole kind of idea that Skrullos is a rebellion, yeah, that uh, we have people without a home. And new Skrullos. Yeah, new Skrullos, uh, better than old Skrullos. I think it's one of those things where, you know, it's this interesting idea of, okay, hey, guys, just sit tight. We're trying to get you a home. Oh, uh, half of us got blipped out. Oh, Captain Marvel got pulled on a different thing. And just please be patient. We'll find you a home. And it's not happening. So there's a rebellion kind of boiling up. I think that is an interesting idea. Makes sense with the kind of timeline that we understand that like, hey, we're here on Earth. Why don't we, you know, uh, uh, take this over? Um, so I think that part made sense. I, w- I didn't have a hard yeah. time with that. Also, I thought it was kind of interesting since they don't have any reaction to new, you know, that's a good place to hide where no humans can survive. So I thought that was kind of like a cool part mm-hmm. of, uh, of the show. I would um, say easy to find them. Their whole thing is hiding in plain sight. And if they're like, we live in this place that you could find pretty easily if you looked. I was like, that's sort of strange. Yeah, but who's <laughs> looking, who's like, uh, you know, where we should go is a, a place that's very harmful for us to look, you know? I just feel like there's But they know where there, it is. They have the sights and everything. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say? Let, let me throw this out because I think the real, the hurdle here for me is uh, Captain Marvel. Because the scrolls in the comic books were sort of like pod people. It was put in to be a story like this, where it's like, wait, who have they replaced? We have to suss it out. This is an alien invasion. And the Captain Marvel scroll plot, where the Kree scroll war, and we're caught on that, and the scrolls end up being who we're on the side of, it, it complicates that inherent like relationship that the scrolls have and the inherent sort of villainy that they that we're seeing here. And so this is already more complicated than we want it to be when really if they could have found a way to sort of creatively get around a lot of that, the stuff like Talos is like, he comes to Nick and he's like, Hey, it's, this is way deeper than we thought. Uh, I, we met, I, I helped me. Let's, I, let me help you there. This is the conspiracy. You don't know how deep the conspiracy goes. Then it just supports that. We don't have to get into the complicated politics that were suddenly 
just in, in underwater. I'm going to disagree with you and actually agree with Pete here, because I do think one of the most interesting things about the episode was this very clear metaphorical idea of having these refugees come to a place, our promised a homeland, and generations later, the younger generation become radicalized by that, and they want to go back to it while the rest of them want to integrate in society. I think that's that's very interesting to me. It Actually, not to keep hooking into the same thing, the whole setup in slightly different ways, but it reminded me very much of exactly what they did with the Flag Smashers over in Falcon of the Winter Soldier. Um, but I, I think this makes sense. Like people who change shape, trying to adapt to the world that they're in, that's interesting. I think what you're sensing, Justin, just to throw it out there, is that they have the basic idea, but then the way they execute it on it, at least in this episode, is very muddy. And it isn't... Yeah. It isn't in terms of like, ooh, murky politics so much as the lines and motivations aren't clear because we don't know these characters well enough yet. Well, I think that's a big part of it, but it's like politics first when I want to unfurl the conspiracy a little bit because now we've already we've already seen the the bad guy the quote unquote bad guys in their base in their town, their machine their brain machines. And we're seeing everything at once. We don't have a point of view. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm uh, it, it struggling with. And if it was a mystery that unfolded and we had an episode that was like, the reason this is happening is because of this generational thing, then that's a little bit more interesting rather than dumping it on us all at once. Mm-hmm. And then we're awash in it. It's hard to find the thread. Well, I want to talk about something that Justin said that was interesting to me. You remember these kind of elaborate, cool scroll comic stories. I remember Skull uh, stories as, as being like erasers for comics where it was like, oh, yeah, the reason this guy's been mm-hmm. an asshole for hey, he's a scroll. Oh, uh, yeah, well, he's a scroll the whole time. You know, so famously like, when Johnny Storm uh, was dating Alicia Masters, famously the thing's girlfriend. Later on, they get married and then all of a sudden uh, she's revealed to be, I think her name was Elijah, the scroll. Yeah. And I was like. And that that was, but that was huge. But that was the essential thing, and it did erase something because I'm sure everyone wanted it to go back to the thing in Alicia. Right. But that was super interesting. I thought that was a well executed version of a scroll story. So, do you think then that Martin Freeman has been a scroll this entire time in both Black Panther movies? No, I, I don't think so. I don't and think I would, so <laughs> I would argue, I bet he was replaced by a scroll. We'll see that scene. And it yeah. will be like a week one, before the start. One of the things that I was a little kind of like upset by was the fact that like Fury and Talos relationship. Didn't kiss? Oh, no, Fury and Talos relationship didn't get better. You, I assume they were working on Saber together. They were doing all these things together. Like when we see them, they're still playing each other and sizing each other up. And I was like, aren't we all past that at this point? Mm-hmm. You guys like work through this in Captain Marvel. And now all of a sudden we're back to this chess game a little bit where I was hoping at least we would have a better working relationship. You know, I, I actually liked their their relationship was one of my favorite parts of it. it like I feel like Ben Mendelsohn is giving Harrison Ford energy Ooh, interesting. In, a, in a great way. Like not current Harrison Ford, who's a speaking of old, like feels a little stiff. But even like 10 okay. years ago, like I feel like that energy of this guy was like, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing or whatever. And like I, I like that. And the two of them are, are just they're Ben Mendelsohn's a great actor. I love seeing him on mm-hmm. screen. So like I'm here for their relationship. And at least it's a relationship that we can enjoy. Now, wait, I did want to get back to what we were talking about just before, though. Do you think, and this is obviously getting into speculation that I don't think is set up necessarily anyway in this episode, 
are we going to get one of those retcons? Are we going to get, oh, blank person was a scrawl the entire time? And that explains it. I feel like the popular theory that we heard way back was Sharon Carter. That explains why she's the power broker. Uh, mm. She's going to turn out to be a scrawl. I don't know if that's going to happen, but what do you guys think? Interesting. I, I mean, I think we want to hire uh, like a, a hero character. We want to get mm-hmm. closer to an Avenger, I feel like, to, to be a scroll reveal. Well, and Sharon Carter feels like that would be – that's a great logical explanation, but – her character was also so muddy in Captain America mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and Winter Soldier. So, like, it's hard to then be like, now, remember that plot line? And it's like, sort of. I do sort mm-hmm. of. Uh, so, like, that's just a, a more of a high risk thing. I would like to see a scene where we have Nick Fury going through his memories or, like, just trying to think about other. And we see cutscenes from uh, Avengers movies and everything else where he's trying to figure out, suss out if any of these other characters are scrolls. One of the uh, moments, kind of speaking of uh, fun Ben Mendelsohn moments, the part where he's talking about his midlife crisis and he was like, hey, Fury, what would you do for years? And he was like, I got the Avengers. You know, that was a uh, great. Yeah. Great line. Yeah. Now for, I have a really important thing uh, to talk about before we uh, get too far. What do you I think two- scroll wine tastes like? Because right? we have reference to Could scroll they wine. They said it like it's unbelievable. But that's the scrolls talking. So that that could be like your See, aunt. I feel like everything. Did that flower look delicious to you? Because I was like, how do you even eat that? Thing? I don't know. That looks like a Fruit. big, that looked like one of those giant gummy bears or giant gummy worms that you yeah. get at uh, It's Sugar, my favorite mm-hmm. restaurant. Right, Pete? Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, if you don't know if that's a, a restaurant, oh, sir, oh, sir, oh, that's yeah. not a restaurant, oh. I don't think. Yeah, I went on my first date with my wife there. We sat down at the uh, rooftop view. <laughs> Oh, wow. Is that a place where they have, like, canisters of candy where you just pick them out and put them in bags? Yeah, it's one of those places, but then they also have, like, everything you could imagine. And the one in Times Square, which I was at recently, they have also all sorts of toys based around candy. Here's the thing, Alex. I I hope that wasn't your first date with your now wife, but I bet if you could go back and do it again, (laughs) you would make it. If you could retcon your first date. Let me show you my New York. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, one question even. I had yes. uh, at the beginning credits: It said one of the writers was Brian Tucker, mm-hmm. which is a r- guy who writes for SNL. And I was like, I saw that, and I was like, Oh, is this going to be funny? I would argue it's, I was a different maybe it's a different, yeah, different Brian Tucker. And I want to mention not to this is one hundred percent not to rile you up, Pete, but this is legitimately out of question while I was watching these credits. Were these credits created by AI? Because they look to be like AI generated credits, and if they are, it is extremely messed up of Marvel to do that right now. I agree with you. That's what I thought, and I was like, "What a weird choice!" Because I bet they didn't actually generate them through AI, right? But then I was like, "Why would you make them like they were?" Because <laughs> it, it's such a timely, bad topic to be even calling into question at this moment. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It was a weird choice. Also, the weird choice, like I, I, when we were kind of getting towards the bomb moment when they were like, hey, it's going to be marked with infrared bags. Hey, it's going to be war- marked with infrared. I was like, this is clearly not where the bombs are, guys. Like, how are we... Like, I was getting frustrated with Nick Fury's intelligence at this point, where I was like, dude, this is... You're... you're well, yeah, this that, is a wild uh, goose chase. 100%. That's... 
they dumbed down the characters for this. Like there's there's yeah. a different level, and we said this basically before, but there's a different level between he's a little rusty in the spy game and he's an idiot who literally has never done any spy things, whatever in his life, let alone seen any spy movies or TV shows. Like we could have done a better job than tell well, us not get, Nick Fury and let's uh, not get Colby Smulders at that point. Well, but th- that was, I, I, that just we was bad espionage. Died. I mean, the radiation levels would have been too high for us to even be anywhere near that new tell us. Across the board, it didn't make sense. The, but the plot from the bad guy point of view didn't make sense. Why would they have all those decoys to lure people to a place where bombs already were? Like, it doesn't keep them close and then kill them there. Like, it just, from a, a tactical point of view, none of it made sense. Well, so and like, what about the scroll little girl who's carrying the enormous rainbow ball? Yeah. Which, mind you, really like that scene when we were leading up to the Olivia Coleman scene. Just I thought she had the there. bomb in there. I was like, oh, my God. Well, I love the tension of that scene of Nick Fury being like, wait, literally anybody here could be and probably is a scroll at this point yeah. and checking everybody out. Very fun, very tense scene. But then when it came back, that diffused all the tension to have that ludicrously large rainbow ball. Let me ask you this. If you were Nick Fury in that situation, do you shoot the little girl or do you shoot the ball? Mm. Mm. Well, that's what I was going to say about scroll wine. I think that's also scrolls, right? Like they're drinking each other. Oh, Everything yeah. scrolls. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. I, I get a lot of wine, and it's, it happens to be scroll wine. Well, I, I shoot really it with appreciate. a bullet. I shoot it with a bullet, and it turns into <laughs> scroll wine. Oh wow! <laughs> I, I did appreciate that moment where they were talking about like scroll flowers, and they were like, "It just adapts. It can just adapt." What do you think the the evolutionary purpose for them to be shapeshifters is on their scroll planet? Oh, great question. Uh, Pete, why don't you take this one? You're the evolutionary biologist (laughs) of the podcast. Well, sure. I mean, if you want to look at something that on our planet, you know, like chameleons and different things that kind of will Mm. change colors or kind of adapt to their surroundings, I think maybe uh, their original world – uh, you know, they weren't big fighters. They were more just kind of blending in. It was their self-defense. And I think as things, they got kicked from one place to another, they've kind of heightened and evolved and, you know, kind of became who they are. Solid that is answer. a great answer. You are Solid. on fire. You are on fire, Pete. I love it. Uh, other moments for the episode you want to call out in particular? Anything else jump out at you? Pete, Justin, Justin, Pete, Justin, Pete, Pete, Pete. Alex, Pete, <laughs> Justin. Uh, Fury walks into a bar, order uh, starts just kind of uh, ordering, buying drinks for people. I thought that was super nice of him. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? He didn't have to do that. He's just, it's a, it's a good policy. You know, right? If you're the odd person out, you buy a couple mm-hmm. of drinks for people, make them, you know, feel comfortable around you. I thought that was, I was like, that's smart. That felt like a Fury move to me. Mm. I definitely really identified with Nick Fury when everybody was making him drink vodka and he was like, I'm more of a Burma band. I was like, oh, me too. Who drinks straight vodka? It's gross. Oh, my God. What are you fucking nuts? Many people. I love straight vodka. Yeah. What do you like? The lack of flavor? The fact that it just tastes like burning? The burn. Yeah, man. Let you know you're drinking something. You you can probably drink a candle if you want to get the same sensation. Or gasoline, just straight gas. (laughs) Do a little moonshine? Come on, man. Uh, what do you think about the uh, all the clocks in the room? Anytime I'm ever in a, a spy movie and there's a bunch of clocks in the wall, that's a trap. You run, you get out of there. But you're right. The 
owl eye move was was a nice touch. It was that, nice. I, I, that he was, was like falling was nice, over stuff, and he's like, yeah, oh, that's, that's a nice touch. Is. But also, that was another time when I was like. What are you trying to tell me about Olivia Colman's character right now? Because in my mind, the way they set up Olivia Colman is she's a master spy master in her prime, the way that Sam Jackson is not supposed to be right now. And the fact that he gets her with one of the most basic tricks of the book ally. is like ally is very ally. silly to me. Well, I thought it was smart because he was falling over a bunch of stuff. And the only thing that mattered was the owl eye. Mm-hmm. We he was doing like, like he... a total Mr. Bean type thing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, Sammy, Samuel is going to be. Well, to the point that it felt He's like and maybe this will pan out in some way, but to the point that it felt like to me the way that Olivia Colman and that other dude were talking in the hologram that was presenting it to them, being like, here's the information that you need to know. We're going to stand in a very clear range of this camera. So maybe we will find out that's what's happening. Oh, yeah. Maybe, because I, mean, I, I agree with you. Because it was set up trap, for sure. I agree with you. The scene was with between Samuel, between Fury and, and Olivia Coleman's character was great. And then the hologram scene, I was like, what? This is, <laughs> have they been hit in the head with a shovel before they started talking? <laughs> this I, is I one of those series, I, it, it almost feels like they should have dropped all six episodes at once because it's the sort of thing that like, mm. like with most spy movies, things will be forgiven at the end they're, once yeah. they're explained, you exactly. know, once they actually come out. So mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope we're going to have to do a reassessment of all these things that make us scratch our heads when we get to episode six. But I guess that, we'll see. That Talos conversation where he said, you know, your mother died while you were working for uh, her killer. I was like, oh, cool. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, oh, see, I wanted more of that. You know, like, we only got a little bit of that. We're going to get more of that, I think. And I hope that can, cont- I mean, again, two great actors. I'd like to see that relationship sort of come to the center. But again, we only got a little bit. And also, what do you think went down with Fury on Saber? Because it was like, you know, speaking of a blip, it seemed like he kind of, had, you know, he says he had a crisis of faith or something up there that went sideways and he was just off earth. Like, well, when we last saw him was that end credit scene in Captain Marvel where he was kind of hanging out, it looked like at the beach and then sort of wandering yeah. around the space station. So my impression of it, this is not, this is literally only based on that scene and just sort of speculating off of that, is that he's been doing logistics for years. Like he's been doing yeah. essentially a desk yes, job. job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so getting back in the field, getting back in the game, that's the thing that is stretching huh. him. Maybe the space bourbon is bad and he has to drink space vodka. Mm. Those well, are also that's... scrolls. Did you know that? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Before we wrap up here, why don't we go to our vision board and talk about what we think or want to happen in the second episode. Pete, what is on your vision board for Secret Invasion Episode 2? I want Maria Hill to come back and shoot Fury in, in the gut and be like, how, do you, oh. how does that feel, you fucking dumbass? How about dumbass? apples? Uh, yeah, I wow. fucking warned you and you, you let me die. <laughs> Jesus. That's yeah, what that, you want? I'll tell you what, yeah. that's quite the hill to die on. Whoa! Hey, come on, hey. man. Hey. Uh, I want I want to ride with Fury. I want this to get a little bit smaller as a show. Maybe the the tragedy of Maria Hill dying will allow us to really get in with with uh, Nick and have him try to put this be driven by that loss and try to really uh, yeah, drill down and Fury figure to out get this better mystery. at his job. This is definitely not an episode two thing, or probably not an episode two thing. But I think 
Uh, I love that thing that you were kind of hinting at or talking about, Justin, and Pete, you mentioned a little bit as well in terms of like, I don't need a cameo, but I need this to feel like, oh shit, how deep does this go with the scroll thing and with the shape changing thing and the face thing, however they execute on that. Ideally, again, that I don't need the cameo, but it needs to be somebody we care about in some way beyond Martin Freeman and his opening guest shot. So it, it can I, be I a conversation. No, it can be yeah. a high tension conversation where we're creeping in on different characters from a camera yeah. point of view. Great. What just occurred to me is Justin earlier said, you know, what if scrolls could turn into filing cabinets? In uh, Captain Marvel, they had the old scene when they were running up and down, just rows and rows of filing cabinets. If they were all scrolls, I mean, oh, man. Oof. Pete, there's a filing cabinet right behind you. Ah! That wasn't there in the beginning. Oh, no. If you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube coming every out. Tuesday. We would love to chat with you about Marvel, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. I was scroll wine cooler, I think, tonight. Something really like <laughs> Like a Talos and James wine cooler. Ooh, Talos and James.